0: And welcome to the Pride of Detroit First Bite podcast, our preview podcast for the Detroit Lions, where we bring in uh, a guest from the opposing side to help preview the Lions matchup. It is week eight already. We've got the three and three Detroit Lions facing off against the four and two Indianapolis Colts. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I will be your co host for First Bite this week. I'm also the managing editor over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online. With me, as always, as my co host for First Bite is Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? We are doing
1: well, even though you decided to drop a uh, a bombshell before our
0: podcast that uh, will have some news coming over at Pride of Detroit. So. Yes, Uh, we're just going to we're just going to by the time you hear this on the podcast, you've probably already read it on Pride of Detroit, um, but we're just going to leave it hanging for now because we don't want to get into it because we could probably go for a full podcast on it, but we're not going to (laughs) anyways (laughs) uh, with us to help preview the Indianapolis Colts this week. We got Zach Hicks from uh, from Stampede Blue over there. He's the lead voice over there. You can find him at Zach Hicks Two on Twitter. Zach, how are you doing tonight?
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. I can't complain too much so far about this season. It's nice to be covering a team that's actually playing pretty well, uh, considering how last season ended and some of the other teams I've covered in my life. So no (laughs) complaints right now, sitting at four and two.
0: Yes, and let, let's let's you know let's just r- jump right into that because uh, I think they're maybe one of the the more surprising uh, starts to the NFL. You're you're in that AFC South division that has already become just a two horse race, yeah. uh, no pun intended, with the Colts. But <laughs> um, <laughs> let I, I want to talk about the their, their season thus far because I'm. I think a lot of Lions fans tend to do this, and I'm definitely guilty of it. You try to downgrade your opponent in any sort of way possible, and so you look at the four and two record. You look at the four wins. You got the one and seven Vikings. You got the zero and seven Jets. You got the one five and one Bengals, and then you got a Bears team who uh, I think we all have questions about, despite their good record. Um, so, how real do you think this team is? How how good are are they worthy of a four and two record? Is that a little bit of fool's gold? What are your overall thoughts on on just the record? I guess.
2: Well, we're going to find out going forward here uh, because they got you guys this week. And then after that, it's it's Ravens, Titans twice, Packers. uh, They got Las Vegas and Pittsburgh down the stretch, too. So uh, we're really going to find out here in the next couple of weeks. And it does kind of start this weekend. But, you know, I go back and forth with it. You know, sometimes you want to be that that kind of homer and be super excited about everything the team's doing. You know, look at that four and two record and you kind of turn a blind eye to some of the struggles. But. Uh, you know, it, it, again, it's been kind of hit or miss. The defense is playing super well. Uh, defense right now in DVOA, I think, is the the third overall defense in, in football. Uh, and even though the opponents haven't been great, you can see that the defense has been pretty good this year. Uh, offense has been pretty hit or miss, and that's kind of what Phillip Rivers brings to the table uh, wherever he's been in his career. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I think this is a good team. I don't know if they're – like, I, I think they're a playoff contending team. I don't know if they're much more than that right now. And we'll definitely see, you know, going forward, especially starting this weekend against the Lions, uh, kind of what they really are going forward.
1: Yeah, and I think this is a good matchup, and I think it's a good litmus test for both teams, Zach, yeah. because they are both kind of middling teams, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And um, is is there any concern for you uh, covering the Colts uh, that there's going to be like a second half season drop off? Last year, the Colts started five and two. And then before you know it, they were six and eight. Do you do you see that that could potentially happen to the Colts
2: this year too? It could certainly happen. I mean, there are some issues with this Colts team that that do kind of point that that could happen. But the thing is with last year, uh, a lot of what the Colts were doing early last year was very regressible. Uh, you know, when they were winning those games, when they were five and two, uh, they were number one in the NFL in like red zone rate. And it was like 80% like touchdown conversion rate. That was not going to hold out for an entire season. Uh, I think early in the year, they were like 32nd explosive play percentage. You were not going to hold out winning without creating explosive plays where, you know, this year, their third down percentage and the red zone percentage are so low that you feel like that only place that can really go is higher. Uh, So that's a positive regression thing that you're kind of looking at there. Uh, Explosive rate percentage is really high for the offense. Uh, Defense has played really well outside of, I think, three quarters or three halves this season. Uh, So I think there are more things there this year to point to that not happening but this year there's a much tougher record or much tougher uh, opponents coming up than what they had last year. You know, they didn't have to go through uh, this caliber of Pittsburgh team coming up and and this Ravens team that they're going up to and then Titans twice who look like one of the best teams in football. So uh, it's a really tough schedule. I think it's going to be tough for them to get to that 10, 11 wins, but uh, they certainly can. They do have a couple games that they should win. Um, So, yeah, you know, obviously it could happen. They could definitely fall off like they did last year. I just don't think this team is – the, the paper Tigers that we saw last year, I think, you know, obviously they could fall apart, but I don't think it's as foreseeable as last year's team.
0: Well, let's go into some of the offseason moves that they made. And I think we have to start with Philip Rivers. You kind of mentioned him a little bit already. Mm-hmm. Um. The Colts are part of that crazy quarterback carousel this offseason. They go with Philip Rivers. Um, I want to know what was your reaction at the time, considering some of the other options that were out there, and has your opinion on that move changed now that we're you know seven weeks into the season?
2: Yeah. So the biggest thing about that move that that made me you know kind of excited for that move is Philip Rivers. To start off, is not what he was. You know, he's not a top ten quarterback in this league. He, he's really not that anymore. Uh, maybe on his best days, he still is, but. Uh, at his core value right now, he's not a top 10 quarterback. Maybe he's a top 15 to 18 type quarterback. Uh, but the biggest thing that I saw with that is, you know, they went from a guy last year in Brissett, who's maybe a bottom 10 starter in the league, bottom five starter in the league when he played last year. And they moved that needle up to around the 15th, to 18th starter. Uh, so even though it was a $25 million contract and people are getting really big on that number, at the end of the day, they upgraded the most important position on the team. Uh, so, and, and they, got, you know, and they also got a guy that knows Frank Reich's offense, understands how to get the ball out of his hands, uh, really fits what they want to do. When jo- when Jacoby Brissett really didn't fit that for this team. So, you know, I, I like the move. I didn't love it. Like I, you know, there obviously there are some other options that could have gone. A lot of Colts fans and, and me included wanted them to maybe make an aggressive move to move up in the draft uh, before the Buckner deal. Uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of things they could have done with the quarterback position, but I think getting Rivers was a uh, fairly safe option that upgrade that quarterback position. So I, I didn't complain about it then. And, you know, through six games this year, I'm not really complaining about it right now.
1: Yeah. And if you're not complaining about Philip Rivers, you have to be excited about the additions that they made on defense. Yeah. Like, I mean, adding a guy like DeForest Buckner, who I think is maybe one of the top five interior defensive linemen in football, you add Xavier Rhodes to the team as well. He had his ups and downs in, in Minnesota. We'll get to him. But... Just how good, Zach, is this defense? I mean, you mentioned they're not paper tigers this year. Um, fourth in defensive DVOA, fourth in pass, fifth in run. Is this defense legit? Is this something for Lions fans to be concerned about going into this week?
2: Yeah, so so aspects of this defense are really legit. You know, they've had three bad halves this year, which caused that concern. You know, that concern that that Colts fans are kind of looking at and saying, like, maybe they could be exposed by better teams. Maybe a team like the Lions, who have a really good quarterback, could expose them. Uh, so they've had those three bad halves, one against, uh, they're all first half against the Bengals, uh, Browns, and against the Jaguars in week one. Uh, but besides that, they've been one of the best defenses in football. And I think they've showed a great ability to one adjust after halftime. Uh, they, I mean, their, their, splits from first to second half is insane. Uh, they just lock teams down in the second half. Uh, two is that they just get after the quarterback and it's really not with blitzing. I think they're the least likely blitzing, like the least percentage uh, in the league when it comes to blitzing. And a big part of that is DeForest Buckner. Uh, then three, you know, they, they really do get on receivers with guys like Xavier Rhodes, who's having a big bounce back season, which, you know, you said, we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, Julian Blackman looks like a star in the secondary. Kenny Moore, the second is a great slot corner. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're a really good, uh, defense. I don't think that they're, you know, at the level of Pittsburgh or Tampa. But I think at their like bottom value, they're still like a top ten, top twelve defense in this league. So maybe they're not a, a defense that you'd be absolute terrified, absolutely terrified of, like Pittsburgh or Tampa. Uh, but it's a defense that you definitely can't make mistakes against because they'll take advantage of it.
0: You've mentioned these uh, these three. Sorry, sorry to harp on the negative, but you know, as a Lions head, I'm trying to figure out, kind of scout and see, you know, what where the weaknesses are. So you talk about those three halves that they struggled. Was there a common mm-hmm. theme to to those halves, or was it just? you know, depended on the opponent there.
2: Uh, you know, it, it's tough. Cause I think the week one, one week one game was kind of a bit of, you know, it's week a throwaway one. game, right? Yeah. yeah. Week, week one are weird games, especially when it's a divisional opponent on the road. Yeah. Uh, but I think the biggest thing you can really pull from is looking at that first half against the Bengals and the Browns. And the two things that really popped to me when I watched the film and really studied is uh, two, like one or one, both those teams are like very play action, heavy teams. Uh, and the Colts are a very aggressive team. They want to, They want to attack you. They want to fly downhill, downhill at you. Uh, So I think if you get that play action going and you're getting it effective, you can get some big plays on this team. Uh, But also, too, it's just how much pressure the Colts are getting up front. If you can, you know, if you can block that four man rush, if you can keep Buckner at at bay, if you can keep Justin Houston from getting off the edge, you're going to find some success against this team. So, uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing is really just keeping that pass rush off you because that pass rush is the core of everything with this defense.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean that we'll we'll get into it maybe a little bit during the matchup part, but Lions have been pretty good on the interior in terms of uh, the, their offensive line. Frank Ragnow is having a pretty good year. Jonah Jackson looks good as a rookie, but yeah, I mean it, it's kind of the second straight week of, of facing one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Last week it was Grady Jarrett. Now you got DeForest Buckner. They're mm-hmm. they're different players, but um, they're both good at really both things. They're both good at you know pass rushing. Both good at, at, at run defending. So yeah, I think that's going to be one of the big matchups of the week. Yeah, definitely,
2: definitely. You guys handled uh, Grady Jarrett pretty well last week too. I saw Frank Ragnow, which was uh, you know back when back in the day of draft crushes and stuff. Frank Ragnow was like my number one back in the day. I loved Frank Ragnow. So happy that he's so good in this league. I know.
0: I know exactly where you're going with this, Ryan. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. I mean, rebellion. if you want to talk about interior <laughs> offensive lineman crushes, I have a huge, huge crush on Quentin Nelson. He's just, well, yeah. he's he's one of my favorite players in the entire NFL um, big Friday beers guy. So, I mean, I, I love, I love Quentin Nelson. I love the big guy, but they, I mean, they have a good center over in Indy too, Ryan Kelly. Um, so it seems like, you know, we'll get into the matchup stuff uh, in, in the second segment, but let's, let's go ahead and jump into the injury report. It seems like mm-hmm. some Colts got some maintenance days. They're coming off of a, bye week if I'm correct right yeah yeah um which is something to be concerned about as Lions fan you saw how the Lions came out of the bye um you know they had a chance to jump up all over the Jaguars so um for the for the Colts like I said a lot of maintenance days for for some of their guys but it seems like maybe one guy that um might be out might be in is, is Michael Pittman Jr. he returned to practice do you think it's likely he'll play and if he does like what kind of difference does he make
2: yeah so the the two guys who are well i'll even add another guy here that you guys didn't mention but Mo'Ali cox also is on the injury report with a knee injury he's the only guy who was hurt before the bye that didn't practice today so oh, okay uh, he's definitely one to watch he's you know he's not really their tight end one they have a, a trio of tight ends that they use a lot so it's not a huge one but going to michael pittman jr uh yeah he did practice today uh You know a couple weeks ago when he got this injury uh which is kind of like a freak injury i think it was like a a pretty from what i understand i'm not a doctor or anything like that but from what i understand it was like a foot injury that if they didn't catch it in time for the surgery it could have been like a really disastrous like career altering injury so Luckily, oh, wow. they caught it quick, and apparently the timetable to recover from it's pretty quick as well. Uh, they they were saying that they estimate him being back right after the bye week against Detroit. And from everything that the Colts are kind of saying, it, it seems like he is trending that way. Uh, but they're going to see, they're going to take it day by day with practice here. So uh, we'll, we'll get an update on that throughout the week. Uh, but, you know, his, his impact this year has not been, you know, all worldly, It's not been what some of these rookie receivers are doing across the league, uh, but he's been really big on those third down plays for the Colts. He's made a lot of big catches over the middle, a lot of big catches in traffic, which he did a lot in, the, in his college days with USC as well. So uh, it, it'd be a big player if the Colts can get back, but it's not like a, you know, like a superstar player or anything like that. Like Luckily, it looks like the Colts are getting Darius Leonard back for the first time in, in three weeks here, uh, and, and that was a huge one that they had out for a couple weeks. So uh, that, that's a big one that's going to be returning for this game.
0: Yeah. And, and just for clarification, if, if if you don't know, Michael Pittman's currently on IR, but he's already returned to practice. So as soon as they activate him, he's eligible to, eligible to play, Um, but he's eligible to practice right now. So yeah, we'll see. They if actually did
2: activate him today. Oh, they, they
0: did activate yeah. him today. Yeah, All it right, happened like,
2: like 45 minutes ago. Like, they, Well, there we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All
0: right. So he's on the 53 now. Yep. Um, Well, that means we'll see him on the injury report if he's uh, if he's good to go starting tomorrow on Tuesday, on Thursday. Anyways, uh, that'll do it for our first segment. When we come back, I think we're eager to get into this matchup. There are a lot of interesting players facing interesting players. So we'll get into that in our second segment, and then we'll get into our predictions right after that. So stick around on First Bite. We'll be right back.
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
0: And we are back on First bite. our Lions Colts preview with our good friend now, Zach Hicks of Stampede Blue, the the lead voice over there at ZachHicks2 on Twitter. Let's get into the matchup portion, because as I teased at the at the top, there's there's a lot of really interesting matches where I feel like it's almost like strength for strength. Um, let's start. I don't know. Ryan, where do you want to start?
1: Um, why don't we start right with that? I, I, I think it's the most interesting matchup, but it's that defensive line versus the Lions offensive line. Like, I mean, it. Is is Indy just a team that uh you mentioned in the first segment, Zach, that, you know, they 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 rush four and they try to get pressure that way. Are they a team that kind of backs that up with any blitzing or anything like that? Because, you know, the Lions offensive line, while they're, you know, they've been pretty stout in the run game, uh, there's there's been some problems in the past game. Like Stafford's been sacked a little bit. They've cleaned it up a little bit since the bye week, but are, are is, is Indy a team that can really get after the quarterback?
2: Yeah. So, you know, to start the year, they had this unreal sack rate, and it really wasn't with any Blitzing at all, and I think currently uh, I don't want to say the wrong number, but I I believe they they have the least, like the lowest blitz percentage in the league right now. I don't even think it's fairly close. I think it's I think last I checked it was like seventeen percent or something or sixteen percent. So -hmm. it's super super low. They don't blitz at all, and it's always kind of been a big thing with Matt Eberflus, uh, but he has he did do it more the last two years before they got Buckner because they need to generate pressure somehow. Uh, Now they have a guy like DeForest Buckner where you know you're going to get honestly I'd probably say seven eight rushes a game where he's disrupting the pass Uh, so you have a guy like that where you don't really need to blitz as much obviously personally I'm a big blitz guy I really wish they would blitz a little bit more but uh, when they do it is actually it's always something different it's always something fun it's you know Darius Leonard will come off the side Uh, they like to blitz Kenny Moore off the from the slot a lot I think he has I think six sacks over the last two years from his slot corner position Uh, so they do bring him quite a bit but yeah, for the most part, it's going to be uh, man man versus man. It's going to be Justin Houston, uh, Danico Autry, DeForest Buckner, and uh, whoever they bump at the other strong side defensive end. You know, sometimes it's uh, al Kadim Muhammad, it's Ben Bonagu. Uh, those guys get after the pass after the passer, and it's not at like a super high level like it was earlier. You know, they don't have a super high pressure rate or anything like that. But uh, with DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston, I think they just they get just enough to where they can disrupt the passer.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously going to be, I think, one of the biggest tests the the Lions really had because I feel like while the Lions have faced some good defensive lines, I'm not sure if they've faced a plethora, like a guy, a a, a line that has kind of a weapon at every uh, spot there. And, you know, we've seen some struggles from Halapuli Vati Vaitai over at right guard. I thought last week was a rough game for him. The Lions aren't sure if Tyrell Crosby is their guy at right tackle or if they want to kick Vaitai back out there. Um, I, I think that should be a good matchup. And I also think kind of the inverse of this will also be a good matchup because the Lions defensive line is actually starting to play pretty well right now. But they've got a heck of a test against them against this Colts uh, offensive line. We already talked about a couple of those guys. Zach, is there anyone else on that offensive line besides the center, besides uh, Quentin Nelson that? that this uh, Colts offensive front is, is really dominant. I'm, I was looking at the PFF grades and it's just, it's all green on that offensive line.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think currently on pro football focus, which, you know, take the grades for what they will. I know some people take him at gospel. Some people take them not very high at all, but uh, I think the Colts currently have three of the top 10 rated interior offensive linemen. I think Mark Lewinsky's ninth. Uh, he's the right guard. Quentin Nelson is seventh. And I think Ryan Kelly's in the top four, um, I believe. Uh, or maybe I think they're they're both top 10 for guards and Kelly's top 5 for center, something like that. Uh, so they're all really highly graded in the they're tackle. They're good. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good. Uh, and even though I think Costanzo and Braden Smith are ranked, I think, in like the 30s for tackles, they still have good grades. Like there's nothing poor or they're not, neither of them are liabilities whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited for for that matchup too. Uh, from what I saw at the line, you guys can correct me here. Uh, when I watched some of your guys' film, I feel like the defensive line has gotten a lot better the last two weeks. I yep. still think they give up a little bit too much ground off the snap, though. And I sure. think that's where the Colts can really take advantage because, you know, they have these maulers up front. Like Linsky's a mauler. Uh, he has his issues in pass protection every now and then, but he's the mauler Braden Smith. Uh, if you guys do a lot of draft work, you know, he was a, he was a guard in college. He's a big time mauler. Quinn Nelson, obviously Ryan Kelly. Uh, so the big thing they do is they punch you off the snap. Um are you guys worried about that right there? I don't is that an issue that you guys have seen too if the Lions kind of get knocked back a little off the ball but they recover? Like I th- I saw last week they got knocked off like 2 or 3 yards off the ball every time but they recovered really well and made some nice tackles in the
3: hole.
0: Yeah, I, I almost think part of that is just the scheme. Like they they don't want these guys attacking upfield. Their job is to mostly just hold ground and yeah, I mean when you're facing off against 350 pound guys, like you're going to get pushed back a little bit, even though you're, you're trying to push back with the same thing. So I think part of that is honestly just like that's going as planned. That's what they want. And they have been better in the last three weeks because they've really gotten beefier. They, they go with a lot of three defensive tackle looks now with rookie John Penasini as their nose. And then they got Danny Shelton on one side at the three tech and then either, uh, either Deshaun Hand or Nick Williams over there at the other three tech. And that's been working for them well, a lot. I think those three work together really well. And uh, and we've seen it in, in terms of run defense. It's been night and day from where it was before mm-hmm. the bye. And that kind of goes into my next question is, well, what's going on with the Colts running offense then? Because as a team, they're running for 3.6 yards per carry. They got all this great interior offensive line play. What What's the mismatch there? What's not going right in the running game?
2: So there's kind of a couple of issues, you know, to start the year, Jonathan Taylor was not seeing the holes well at all. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you come from a place like Wisconsin, where you can drive trucks through every single lane, <laughs> not saying that you can't do that with some of the Colts run lanes that they provide too. But uh, you know, the NFL, the, the decision-making is so split second to find that right hole. And, and he just wasn't seeing it well the first, you know, two or three weeks. I uh, seen the ball a lot better the last couple of weeks. I think the last, I think the last three weeks, he's at like 4.5 yards a carry. So he has been playing really well this last couple of weeks. Uh, but that's been one issue. You know, the loss in Marlon Mack was huge. I mean, Marlon Mack played some great football. Uh, but another part is, you know, we talked about them kind of playing in this easier schedule. They've been in a lot of leads, uh, just a lot of leads. You know, the, the Vikings game, the Jets game, uh, the Bears game, they pretty much had that controlled the entire game as well. Uh, so late in those games, they've kind of just been run the ball. And, and I think Taylor had like 40 carries against the Vikings, uh, they they ran the ball a lot late against the Jets for, for very few uh, yards there. I, you know, I think that kind of brings down that average a bit. Uh, overall, it's still kind of an issue. They are, you know, teams are stacking the box in certain situations. They're just getting favorable matchups in there. But um, I'm not too super, super concerned about this run game. I think Jonathan Taylor is getting better. Oh, Jonathan Taylor is getting better. And, uh, you know, this offensive line is, is playing pretty well, despite what the numbers say. So uh, I don't think it's a huge, huge issue. Uh, but it's definitely something to watch, especially with the Lions playing better up front uh, these last couple games.
1: Yeah. And I think that's interesting that you bring up, you know, Jonathan Taylor's struggles because mm-hmm. you look around at the rest of the playmakers on this Colts offense. Uh, I think so many people are usually familiar with T.Y. Hilton and all of his explosive plays that he he once made in his career. Seems like T.Y. Hilton is maybe not the player that he once was, or maybe he's being used a little bit differently because, you know, the um, the change up at quarterback with Phillip rivers, but just who are the Colts offensive playmakers? Like who are the guys that they count on when it's crunch time, when it's time to get a first down, when it's, when it's time to make a big play, who, who are, you know, who are the lions really looking out for uh, this week against the Colts?
2: Yeah. So the beauty of Phillip rivers is cause he's been this league for, you know, since I was a toddler <laughs> is that, it can be anyone, you know, he, he finds that matchup he likes and he exploits it. You know, the, the uh, last game against the Bengals, it was all Marcus Johnson, who was a free agent uh, for the first three weeks of the season, Uh, who the Colts like, obviously, but you know, if they liked him more, he would have been on the roster to start the year. Uh, It was Marcus Johnson that week. Some games been Zach Pascal, who was the Colts leading receiver last year. Uh, Other games, it's been T.Y. Hilton, but not in ways where, you know, he's getting a lot of catches, but ways where he's drawing pass interference down the field and, and getting those big yards play for them that way. Uh, Mo Alley Cox has a hundred yard game this year. Uh, Jack Doyle and or Trey Burton, I think, had two touchdowns last game. Jack Doyle has a couple games this year where he's had some some good catch output. So, you know, it's someone different every single week. It's it's it, it really is the good thing about having a veteran quarterback is it's it's really not going to get forced one way or to one person. Uh, and the Colts really don't have a star player in the receiving game that you can force the ball to. You know, there there, there really isn't that guy. Was T Y Hilton. Uh, even though I think his numbers are a lot lower than what they could be because of pass interferences and a couple drops he's had, uh, I don't think he's been playing as poor as what the numbers look like. He still doesn't look like himself whatsoever. He doesn't look like that number one receiver, that star receiver. Uh, so they don't really have that guy in this in this receiving group. Uh, so it's perfect to have a quarterback like Rivers where he's going to spread the ball to everyone. You know there, there'll be games where where Pascal gets six catches, where Michael Pittman Jr. gets six catches, where. You know Marcus Johnson gets 100 yards, Marley Cox. So it, you know it, it all, it's all spread around. It's not really to one guy, uh, and they have a pretty heavy subgroup there at receivers as well.
0: All right, let's again flip it around here. Let's talk about the Lions receivers against that Colts secondary, and we have to talk about it. We have to talk about Marvin Jones. We have to talk about Xavier Rhodes <laughs> because there's a bit of a, a bit of a history between those two. In that uh, Marvin Jones has has now you know we, we jokingly say that Xavier Rhodes is his son um, because he's had some fantastic games against him in particular but it looks like we're, we've got a different Xavier Jones this year or Xavier Rhodes this year uh, <laughs> Xavier Jones Maybe <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> should start like, officially Jones. adopted <laughs> officially adopted there you yeah. go um, but but tell me what what looks different about him because I have to imagine you were probably a little weary of that signing at the time considering how not well he was playing with the Vikings how is he so much better
2: right now so the first part of the answer that is uh part of me doesn't have any clue how he looked like this I mean part of me really doesn't because last year I watched and you know I I was I think cautiously optimistic is still being a little optimistic by saying what this was because I really wasn't super optimistic I thought he could be a low-end cornerback two or something for this team, like a, a good fill-in starter, kind of like what Pierre Desir was for them last year. You know, I didn't expect anything special, but this year he looks so much faster than what he, like I watched every game they played last year and, and also the year before. And he looked like he had cement in his shoes on some some of those deep routes where this year he, he looks, you know, he's on every single receiver. I mean, even when he's getting beat, it's usually from a receiver just high pointing the ball over him and, and catching it through his hand. Uh, it's really not any like he's not really getting beat straight up man on man. Uh, so in that regard he kind of looks like you know the Xavier Rhodes, who was the all pro years ago. Uh, obviously he's not that level he can he is able to be beat right now, but right now I, I would say he's playing like a top quarterback cornerback in the league this year and and the biggest thing is you know the Colts aren't really putting him in a lot of situations that are, disadvantage like disadvantages for him you know they're, they're putting him in a lot of uh, zones cover two zones uh, they also do a lot of uh, match concepts where even though he is kind of in a man they're're they're, they're gonna have that cover three safety over the top kind of sitting over the top so he does have a lot of help in the back end uh, but in anything they're really calling if it's man if it's a uh, cover three match if it's cover two uh, he's playing his assignment really well and he's uh, making plays on the ball so I think he's I think he's third in the NFL in pass breakups right now, uh, allowing a zero passer rating on third down, which Pro Football Focus tweeted out the other day. Uh, I think he's like their fourth rated or fourth or fifth highest rated corner or something on the year. So, a uh, huge bounce back year that I really didn't expect from him, uh, and you know hopefully that continues this weekend's against the Lions, even though he's playing against his dad, which you know it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough uh, <laughs> tough matchup for him, you know, going against his dad. But uh, I think. I think uh, it's a different Xavier Rhodes and also a different defense where it's not going to be him on an island versus versus Jones. So it won't be the matchup that everyone really hopes for most of the game. And
0: I want to I want to dig a little bit deeper into that Colts secondary because, you know, I think they got what, 10, 10 interceptions leading the league in that leading Mm -hmm. the league and passer rating a lot, all that sort of stuff. Lions got a ton of weapons, too, though. I mean, they kind Mm -hmm. of spread things around quite a bit with with obviously Kenny Galladay, T.J., T.J. Hawkinson um, Jones on the team yeah I guess everyone is a Jones now everyone is is now related to each other I don't know what's going on uh but tell me more about the the depth in the secondary is there are they vulnerable let's say to to tight ends is is there other guys stepping up I I know their rookie safety is playing really well as well so so kind of give us a sense of how that's working for them and and how they match up with the Lions
2: yeah so Again, the biggest thing is really all scheme with mm-hmm. with the Colts defense. If they if they get beat, it's typically not they're getting beat. It's typ- like it's typically a, like a miss miss coverage or something a misassignment in coverage. Uh, they're not really getting beat one on one because this cut co- this scheme really doesn't put them in many situations like that. Uh, there's a lot of cover two looks, uh, which I know is like a dying breed in the NFL. But they do a lot of cover two zone defense. They keep a lot of uh, plays in front of them. So offenses that like to go down the field typically don't have too much success against the Colts, outside of a few situations here and there. Um, you know, they, they've done a really good job this year too of mixing in a lot of cover three match which I've really liked uh, because it does look like a man coverage, but you do have that safety roaming over the top, which is really cool. But, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes is playing at a really high level. Uh, Rockison is the other starting corner. And, you know, even though he's not playing as well as Xavier Rhodes, he is still playing some pretty good football out there Um, on the other side. uh, I don't think he's allowed a touchdown since week eight of last season. Uh, So he's he's played really well. Uh, Julian Blackman has been, you know, just outstanding. Uh, You know, he's kind of everything that, Colts fans and draft people expected when the Colts took Malik hooker, uh, he, he just looks like a stud on the back. And I think he's second among, in the NFL in pass deflections for safeties. And he's only played like four games or three games, I think. So, uh, he's been great Two picks also in the year that both kind of ended games. Uh, then Kari Willis is just as solid as it comes, you know, just a, a really good run defender, uh, make some plays in coverage. He's kind of like a Kenny Vaccaro type. So. Uh, the secondary, it's really not, like, there's no superstars. You know, Julian Blackman's playing really well. Xavier Rhodes is playing really well. And they can be beat. You know, I, I, they, there's times where the where the middle of the field is pretty open. Uh, the Colts do, like, the funnel things kind of in front of them and in the middle of the field. So there will be moments where you can do those cover two beaters where you can have try to draw those linebackers up with play action or with underneath routes and hit over the, over the top behind them. Uh, but for the most part, you know, they do a great job of taking away the downfield throws. Um, And and they stick on receivers when they play that cover three match. So uh, it's definitely a tough secondary to beat. uh, But there are moments uh, where they have, you know, misreads in coverage and they leave the middle of the field a little open. Uh, I'd say that's probably where you can really exploit them.
1: Is there any chance that the Lions could maybe establish a run game against them? I, I'm looking at the the box scores for Indianapolis so far this season, and there's been four occasions where the Colts have held opposing teams' rushing attacks to under 100 yards, and some of them are pretty impressive, like against the Vikings in Week Two, uh, held the Bears to 28 yards rushing in, uh, in in their matchup, and then most recently against the Bengals uh, before their bye week, but. Is there any chance that the Lions can get a ground game going? Or is it that defensive line that's really just causing
2: a lot of a lot of run stuffing? I'll say if Darius Leonard plays, it's going to be really, really tough to get a run game going against the Colts. Uh, because the, the, the biggest thing, I actually wrote a big piece about this, why the Colts run defense has been so great. Uh, because it's actually since like week five of last year. Um, I haven't crunched the numbers 100. like I think I could, this was as of like two or three weeks ago. But opposing teams were averaging like 2.7 yards per carry against wow. the Colts in week five last year. Uh, and and the big reason is you know one is the Forrest Buckner uh, because he's elite in every facet when it comes to run defense, pass defense. Uh, but another, the other big part is just Grover Stewart uh, on the, at the one tech. Uh, I know, not many people know who he is. He's not he's kind of uh, a really of the under under the radar player. But when you turn on the film and you try to watch that middle of the offensive line to see who's getting a push. He's not moving. He's either driving guy in the backfield or he's, or he's you know, staying at that line. He's not getting driven off the ball. Uh, so one of my favorite matchups in this game is going to be Frank Ragnow and him on the interior there. I think that's two just just Goliaths going after each other. Uh, but those two are great. And then they have really, really fast linebackers. You know, Bobby Okereke, uh, Darius Leonard, those guys fly after the ball. Uh, Kenny Moore is like a third linebacker when he's in there. He, he just attacks the ball. He's a great run defender. Uh, most stops in the NFL. Uh, behind I think Buda Baker when it comes to cornerbacks this year uh so yeah they, they play the run really well they they're they're told to stop the run that's the biggest part of this defense because if they can force you into second and long third and long that that sets up their cover two defense and, and playing the sticks and keeping everything in front uh, and that's when they force you to mistakes and you're trying to get to those sticks when they have all their guys there so uh yeah they bring a lot after the run it's, it's the biggest emphasis in this defense uh I think the Lions, you know, there, there are moments where they can run. There are plays they can have success on running the ball. But for the most part, it's going to be a really tough battle if they want to run the ball on the Colts.
0: All right. And with that, I think it's time to move to our predictions portion. We like to call it the one thing we think we know about this matchup. Doesn't necessarily have to be a score prediction, but if you want to give one, that's cool, too. Um, so, Ryan, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Colts?
1: Well, I think the one thing I think I know, Zach kind of, uh, you know, set this up for me. He teed it up for me is that the Colts maybe are susceptible to a slow start. And if they are susceptible to a slow start, they've, you know, experienced some problems with, you know, uh, in the first half. The Lions are the team who, have really jumped out to leads and we we've known that to be them. So, uh, I actually, you know, shot a quick text message to my buddy Bovada King. The lions are even money to win the race to 10 points. I think that, I think that, you know, it it could be totally feasible that the lions maybe put up 10 points in, in the first quarter. And, uh, all of a sudden now it's a game where the Colts have to, you know, start throwing the ball and, uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be a shootout necessarily, but what I am saying is that I I could see the lions jumping out to an early lead in this one and, and making things interesting.
0: All right. We'll throw it to you next Zach. What's the one thing you think, you know, about lions Colts.
2: All right. So I've watched a lot of Lions secondary the last two years, probably I think because the Colts signed Taven Wilson, uh, this Mm -hmm. this off season, I watched a lot of what the Lions secondary did and I'm not, not that I'm not impressed with some of the players. I like Jeff Okuda. I really like Tracy Walker. I think Tracy Walker is awesome. But I do think teams can throw on you on on the Lions. I I really think they can. Uh, So the one thing I feel like I know going to this game Regardless of what the score outcome is going to be, is I feel like Rivers is going to throw over 300 yards in this game. I think he's going to have maybe maybe not this elite passing game or anything like that, and you know we could, there could be a couple picks sprinkled in there because that's who he is as a person. Uh, but <laughs> as but a I, person, like <laughs> But I think he's going to hit over 300, whether it's win or loss. I think he's going to have a good game passing. He's going to, uh, you know, he's going to keep that aggressiveness that he had last week against or last week last game against the Bengals and, and attack down the field.
0: Well, that goes nicely into the one thing I think I know. And I'm going to be a little bold on the side here. I'm kind of rolling. I'm kind of on a roll here because I said TJ Hawkinson. I think I said 80 yards in a touchdown last week. He got 60 in a touchdown. So I'm going to count that as a win. Uh, I'm going to say Matthew Stafford throws for 300 yards in this game. And part of that is going to be out of necessity, I think, because you just went over all the reasons why the run game is not going to work. And uh, we saw the Lions, the run game wasn't working too well last week. And Stafford finally went over three hundred yards. You look at this Colts defense, and yes, it is pretty good. But zone concepts are things that I think tend to confuse younger quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The, the The Colts have faced a lot of young quarterbacks so far. Their best quarterback they faced is probably Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins certainly isn't playing at the at the level he was in previous years. So I think he's going to present a bit of a problem for the Colts. I think. I think maybe even we get to that shootout, even though it seems so unlikely. Since you know, Lions defense is playing better. The Colts defense is really good. I think we might get ourselves into a shootout just because the teams will essentially maybe not give up on the run, um, but definitely favor the the passing game, especially in the second half there. So I think we're in for a lot of passing yards in this game.
1: I have to say that I think the tagline for Philip Rivers' autobiography should be interceptions and conception. The Philip Rivers story. <laughs> I'm glad you got that in there, Ryan. (laughs) That's who he is as a person. Speaking of plugging your stuff, Zach, where can everybody find your stuff, man? Where can they find you
2: on Twitter? What kind of stuff can
1: they expect from you like this week in terms of Colts preview stuff?
2: All right, so you guys can find me at Zach Hicks Two on Twitter. Uh, somebody had Zach Hicks One, I'm pretty sure that's why I'm Zach Hicks Two. <laughs> <laughs> I always gotta get the ass on so many pods and radio shows and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody has Zach Hicks or Zach Hicks One. Uh, so Zach Hicks Two on Twitter, Z a c h h i c k s Two, and then uh, yeah, over, I'm the lead voiceover at Stampede Blue. Uh, tons of film work over there is what I really really focus on. Um, you know, just trying to get that kind of content, you guys. So if you want to see more about the Colts in terms of who's playing well, uh, what personnel packages the Colts do, stuff like that, uh, you can just look at my work over there on my Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I'm just working on previewing the game a little bit. Uh, mostly just writing about Colts' side. That's usually what I do. Uh, we do have another writer who previews kind of the matchups in the game. Uh, but, yeah, I'm mostly excited for the Sunday game. This is a big game for the Colts because, like we said, they got this murderous row coming afterwards. And I'm not trying to discount the Lions cause I think you guys have a pretty good team. But, you guys aren't at the level that those teams are at, so the Colts need to take this one before uh, going into that run of four games. Yeah, no
1: offense taken there.
2: Yeah, I, <laughs> I like know. I like talking to people on middling teams. It's fun. Like we all <laughs> we all understand. Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm I'll be honest. I'm still a little <laughs> a little, a little thrown by Ryan just somehow making a a plugging uh segue. There. That was that was something right there anyways that's gonna do it for first bite thank you for listening uh stick around on the twitch page we'll answer some your questions then we'll be back for our man sim on saturdays but if you're listening on the podcast we will see you sunday after the game thanks for listening